0: Good evening everyone. Welcome, welcome. How was your day? It was good? Yes, so was mine. I made a few visits and was blessed by those visits. I'm happy to see you. I really am. I always say that from my heart. I am very pleased to see you. What particularly impresses me is that you would take your time, night after night, with all the competing activities in Loma Linda and San Bernardino and Colton and Fontana and Laguna Hills and Beverly Hills and Burbank and you name the city, you have chosen to be here. And I want to reassure you that God will bless you for that. As they say, you can take that to the bank. He will bless you for honoring him by giving so much of your time to the instruction Of the word it will profit you now and in the life to come all first-time guests visitors may i see your hands blessings upon you ah god bless you god bless you god bless you and check the balcony this is my ah, i see some hands god bless you thank you very much for coming we are delighted to have you we have two things to do tonight we have the sermon which i'll try to shorten without cutting out the Holy Ghost, and of course, following that, we have a special prayer service for the sick. And let me remind you, because while I'm preaching, there are probably still some conditions you can fulfill if you've not yet done them. One, condition number one to participate in the service, if you've done someone something wrong, I've asked you to find a person and apologize. Say, I am sorry for what I did to you too. If someone has done you wrong and you've been resisting The godly urge to forgive that person, stop resisting, let the person know, I forgive you. If you need to slip outside, call the person on your cell phone, do that. And thirdly, whatever in your life is a sin, by the grace of God, say, Father, I'm sorry, forgive me. A life of sin is a life that leads to death. I apologize, give me the grace to live a life that is pleasing in your sight. And of course, the fourth one, it's too late to do it, we are fasting. That was not compulsory, it was recommended, not compulsory. Those of you fasting, may I see your hands? Oh, God bless you, thank you very much, God bless you. Those of you not fasting, God bless you as well, because it is voluntary, God does not use force except the force of his love. Let us bow our heads now and pray. Dear Father in heaven, I ask you with all my heart, give me the words to say, please, the right words, at the right time in the right spirit please bless abundantly my friends who have come your sons and your daughters open their minds wide and let a torrent of truth flood their minds change their lives and wash away all opposition to truth I offer this prayer in Jesus name amen go with me to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua 24 joshua is the sixth book of the bible and joshua took over from whom moses yes joshua was a powerful leader very powerful leader joshua chapter 24 we shall begin reading at verse 1 and our subject is crossing the waters joshua 24 reading from verse 1 The Bible says, and Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and called for the elders of Israel, and for the heads, and for the judges, and for the officers, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abram, and the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. Now, there's an expression that's repeated. Can you identify that expression? The other side of the flood. When God called Abraham, let's go now to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis 12, our subject is crossing The waters, Genesis 12, reading from verse 1. Those of you with Bibles, as my troublesome question is, raise them, let me see. The most important book in the world. The Bible is more important, in my estimation, than all other books combined. And I'm not biting my tongue. Than all other books combined. The Bible, it has power to change a life from north to south east to west genesis 12 verse 1 the bible says now the lord had said unto abram get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that i will show thee and i will make of thee a great nation and i will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing and i will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed this is a call from god to abram it is the original call of god abraham lived in ur of the chaldees the area now known as iraq and god called him from that part of the world the reason is not all the reasons are not given in genesis 12 some of them are given in joshua 24. in joshua 24 we learn that the land where abram came from his family members served other gods And God does not like competition. When it comes to numbers, there's only one number God understands. That's first. Number two makes no sense to God at all. When it comes to your life and mine, God understands one number. And that is first. And so because Abraham's family. Now I did not say Abraham. We must assume that Abraham lived a different kind of life. Abraham's family, the Bible says, served other gods. And so god called abraham out of ur of the chaldees indeed out of babylon and god said come into a land that i will show you in making that trip abraham had to leave one side of the flood cross over to the other side and so joshua 24 2 says ah your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood the flood refers to the river euphrates there are two well-known rivers in Iraq what are they Euphrates and the Tigris yes and so Abram at some point had to cross the Euphrates he did not have to cross the Tigris it was too far east but he crossed the Euphrates to come in to uh, Canaan land as God intended for him so when our father Abraham was called he had to cross the flood to get from one side to the next in response to God's call. Now, there are three major calls in Scripture the call of Abraham, the call of the Israelites out of Egypt, and God's call to you. I said Scripture, and I'm not changing my words. There are three major calls in Scripture the call to Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees, the call to the Israelites to leave Egypt, and God's call to you as an individual. Now let's take a look at God calling the Israelites out of Egypt. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, reading from verse 1. Our subject is crossing the waters. 1 Corinthians 10, reading from verse 1. I believe I hear more pages tonight than I heard last night. I'm grateful for that. 1 Corinthians 10. Reading from verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Now, this is symbolic language. Somehow, Paul says, when two million Israelites... Why do I say 2 million? That's the conservative estimate of scholars. The Bible says there are 600,000 men. You count the wives. You count the children. 2 million is a conservative estimate. 2 million people in leaving Egypt. At God's command. The Bible says by faith they crossed the Red Sea in, in Hebrews 11. They crossed. Paul tells us they were baptized unto Moses in the clouds. And in the sea water on both sides water above them and they came through the waters from one side the land of egypt the land of sin to their journey to the promised land at the word of god abram left ur of the chaldees because in that environment Idol worship was rampant and God said, I want you out of that environment because I have a plan for your life. And that plan cannot come to pass if you remain where you are. I want you to leave. Abraham left. He crossed the flood. God called the Israelites, the descendants of Abraham. It's almost a repeat of the call to Abraham. Leave Egypt. They were not forced to leave. God forces no one, although his love is the most powerful force in the universe. But if the sinner will not resist, the love of God will blow that person as a gentle breeze right into the kingdom, if the person will not resist. And so God called the Israelites, and they answered by faith. And they crossed the Red Sea at the call of God. Now, Jesus Christ also had to answer a call. That's the call to public service. And before answering that call, Jesus also had to cross the waters. Let us see how seriously Jesus took that call. Matthew chapter 3, reading from verse 13. Our subject is crossing the waters matthew 3 reading from verse 13. if you haven't got a bible someone next to you has one you will not be out of place if you say may i share the word of god with you and if the person says no i will have to pray for that person after the service but i'm sure no one will say no matthew 3 verse 1 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? Now why is John saying that? What does John understand in the man coming to him? This was the Son of God. This was the sinless Savior. This was the lamb that taketh away or bears on his back the burden of sin. And John shrinks, not simply from the physical task, but probably from the very thought of baptizing a sinless person. And so John says, no, 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 no. This was his cousin, by the way, Jesus and John were cousins. How would you like to have Jesus as a cousin? Have news for you, he's your brother. Is a brother higher than cousin jesus is your brother because he took this and he still has it glorified but still has it and so john forbade him saying i have need to be baptized of thee and comest thou to me jesus answering said unto him suffer it to be so now meaning please do it allow it to happen for thus it becometh us to fulfill Most righteousness. All righteousness. Now, let's examine that reply from Jesus Christ. Christ said, in effect, do it because it is necessary. It is right. The word becometh means appropriate. It is right. It is fitting. It is appropriate, says Christ, for us to fulfill all righteousness. Notice Christ says, for us, meaning Himself. And John, are you with me? It is right for a preacher to baptize someone as much as it is right for the person to request baptism. Ah, you didn't get it. And as usual, whose fault is it? (laughs) My fault. Jesus said, suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us. It is the right thing for me to do, it is the right thing for you to do, to fulfill all righteousness. Now, where does righteousness come from? God. The very life of Christ was the highest expression of righteousness. Romans 8:3, don't go there now. The Bible says, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemns sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us there are two brands of righteousness there's one and that's the righteousness in the life of christ and the life of christ was a living representation of all that god's law stands for christ is saying by baptizing me you are doing what is righteous and what is lawful it is right it is lawful if it's lawful in the eyes of christ it is lawful in the eyes of the father and if it's lawful in the eyes of the father it's lawful in the eyes of the holy ghost that is why when christ came up out of the water the spirit of god descended like a dove and sat upon him and the father's voice was heard so here comes jesus out of the water here comes the holy ghost down upon him and here comes the thunderous voice of the father all of heaven placed its stamp of approval on the baptism of jesus christ And he did not need it for himself. Are you listening to me? He did not need it for himself. He did it that you and I might follow his example. And so Jesus says to us, in effect, I, who had no sin of my own, I have to say of my own because the Bible says who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Christ took our sins into himself 1 Peter 2:24. but they were our sins but he made them his by taking on not by committing. And so Jesus says I went through baptism for you and I'm offering this gift to you. You do as I have done and the Bible says when Jesus said that verse 15 ends John the Baptist suffered him or allowed him and he baptized him and Jesus went up straightway out of the water and lo, the heavens were opened unto him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove verse 16 and lighting upon him The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, came upon Christ. Now, the apostles told the men on the day of Pentecost, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. They were only saying what they had seen in the life of Christ, or what they had heard, because they weren't present at the baptism in the life of Christ. Christ was baptized, and he received. Listen to my words. He received a special gift of the holy ghost why do i say that because jesus lived his life as a human being every human being needs a gift of the holy spirit the bible says in acts 10:38 how god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy ghost and with power jesus said in luke 4:18 the spirit of god is upon me so jesus received from the father a special gift of the holy ghost at his baptism and the promise in scripture is those who repent and are baptized will receive the gift of the holy ghost as jesus received it verse 17 and lo a voice from heaven saying this is my what in whom i am well Did God treat Jesus any differently from the way he was treat anyone else? No. Before someone gives me the wrong answer, no. Now, I want that really to sink in to your minds. It's difficult to believe. God is prepared to treat you. As he treated Jesus Christ. If you read John 17, 23, the Bible says, God loved us as he loved Jesus. Now you try to understand that. Even in families, some parents seem to love one child more than the other. And so the children fight. You look more like your father, so your father loves you more. You look more like the mother, the mother loves you more. God loves us the same way He loves Christ. Now, because God is no respecter of persons, and I told you last night, Christ was a person, and while he remains God, he also remains a person, because he's still flesh and blood. So when Paul writes, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, I believe it's verse 5, there is one mediator between God and man, the man. Now this book was written about 20 years after Jesus went back to heaven. Paul still calls him the man. Man and God, but the man. It's the mediator between God and man because he understands. In Colossians 2 9, the same Paul says, For in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Paul understands that even now Jesus had a body and still has it. What I'm saying is, God, who is not a respecter of persons, will treat you as he treated Christ if you trust him and obey him as Jesus did. What do you say? The difference between Christ and us when it comes to God's treatment and Christ's life as a human being is that we don't trust God. We don't obey God. If you and I would simply conduct an experiment, people try, we have a saying, I'll try anything once. Some people say that. I'll try anything once. Here's what I want you to try once. Once you try it once with all your heart, you won't leave it alone. Try obeying God with all your heart once. Amen. How did I say to obey him? With, your with all the heart. And when you see how God blesses you, you will not go back. Amen. The reason why we are blessing starved is because God is ble- obedient starved. Amen. You like my awkward English? Let me put it properly. The reason why we're not blessed, as God desires to bless us, is because we do not obey God. Now, there are some blessings God gives to everyone. He maketh his son to rise on whom? The evil and the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. But God has blessings that are reserved for those who obey him. If everyone gets the sun, how am I different? If your parents treated the children in the neighborhood the way they treated you, what would you say? How would you like that? You would object. You would act out. You would need therapy. Now God gives everyone sunshine. He gives it to you. How are you different? But there are blessings you alone will receive because you are obedient to God and so jesus obeyed the father he got baptized and the father expressed his approval this is my beloved son and god wants to say to you this is my beloved son this is my beloved daughter in whom i am well you know what all children seek from their parents what is it i heard it i heard it yes say it loud approval among other things Like allowance (laughs) and freedom to come in at 2 in the morning. Children love approval. They also seek it from their teachers. They want approval. Little brothers seek approval from big brothers. Now, you can enjoy God's approval. And so few people want it. God desires to say, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter in whom I, I don't care who else is unhappy. God says, I am well pleased. And when God is well pleased, all of heaven is well pleased. Are you a beloved son of God? Are you a beloved daughter of God? Why does someone get baptized one reason jesus did it, the other reason is baptism is an act of obedience and it is an outward symbol of something that has happened in the heart getting wet saves no one are you with me Amen. keeping the sabbath doesn't save you but breaking it will get you lost Amen. you didn't get it <laughs> because your knees would be knocking if you had gotten it keeping the sabbath will not save you how are you saved jesus christ Christ. but disobeying christ will send you to hell are you following me getting baptized will not save you refusing to do what jesus says will get you lost do you understand the balance only god can save you only you can choose to go to hell You need no help to go to hell. You need help to go to heaven. So God will save you. You need no help to go downstairs. None. And so what I'm saying is, deciding to be baptized is simply saying, Jesus, you want it? I love you. I will do it. How many times have you done something just because someone else wanted you to do it? How many times? Your wife cooked something you didn't like, but you devoured the whole thing. Why? Because she likes it. Your friend wanted to go see volleyball. You wanted to go see wakeboarding. But you went, why? Because you care more for your friend than the activity. Are you listening to me? If Christ is the most important person to you, you will do anything he wants. Even if you may want to do something else, which is natural, because Jesus said father if thou be willing remove this cup nevertheless not my will but thy will there were two wills jesus wanted to get out but because he cared so much about his father he did what the father wanted i'm saying to you if christ is important to you you can say to him he'll understand jesus you know i'm not sure i want to do this but i love you so much i'll do anything you want and christ will accept that he'll accept it baptism Is the way we enter spiritually into the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christ died victorious over sin, he was buried, and he rose triumphant over death, hell, the grave, the devil. You have decided in your heart, I want to serve Christ, not sin. I have given up that life of self-dependence. I cast myself on the arm of God. I want to serve him. When that is done here, in the heart, as Philip said to the eunuch in Acts 8, verse 37, if thou believest with all thine heart, when you make that commitment with all the heart, then you are God's. Baptism is the visible expression of, of what has happened in here the same way a marriage ceremony does not create love (laughs) the love came before it is merely an outward expression of the intense desires of two hearts let's go to Romans chapter 6 reading from verse 1 Why does the word marriage in the 21st century cause people to frown like that? Well, in heaven we may not have it. And I say may not. The scripture suggests there won't be any marriage in heaven. Don't let that discourage you from going. You'll like it whatever it is. (laughs) Romans chapter 6, reading from verse 1. Crossing the waters. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You see, back in verse 20 of chapter 5, Paul has said, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Offense meaning sin. But where sin abounded, where, there's 10 million, where there are 10 million sins, you've got 10 billion pieces of grace. You understand what I'm saying? So Paul says, where sin abounded, grace doth much more abound. So some people were probably saying, well, if more sin, more grace, then let's keep sinning to bring more grace. And Paul says, no, 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 no. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now Paul is directing them to the fact your life has changed. You have died to sin. How can we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? You have died to sin by a decision to accept Jesus. You see, Christ is life. A life of sin is death. So when you accept christ you die to the old life and paul is saying if you've died to that life you do not make sin your lifestyle do you make mistakes yes how can we that are dead to sin dead to a life of sin dead to a lifestyle of sin live any longer therein you not that so many of us as were baptized into jesus christ were baptized into his death when a person goes under the water the person spiritually is a corpse symbolically you are a corpse you have died to a life apart from God You might have been going to church but a life of disobedience to God is a life of death disobedience leads to death you are going down as a corpse you have been baptized into his death verse 4 of Romans 6 that like as Christ the same way that's what like means was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk. How? In newness of life. Now there is the resurrection. As Jesus came from that grave, Hezekiah went through two forms of baptism, the watery one and the one in the earth. Verse 5. For if we have been planted together, the word planted means buried, in the likeness of his death, how completely did Christ was he victorious over sin? How completely did he turn his back on sin? One hundred percent. Now, Paul says, like as Christ, if we are planted together in the likeness of his death, if we are dead to sin, if we have one hundred percent died to the old life, then we shall be also in the likeness of his what resurrection. if we have been planted in the likeness of his death if my commitment to christ is how much one hundred percent then i shall rise in the likeness of his resurrection verse six knowing this that our old man is what crucified with him crucified with him That the body of sin might be destroyed. Now the last verse explains what those two other things mean. That henceforth we should not serve sin. That's the key. Because you'll make mistakes. But sin does not become the dominant characteristic of your life. And when you make a mistake, the Holy Ghost given to you as a gift of baptism is always there. Touch you So wait a minute, wait a minute, son. Wait a minute, daughter of God. Here's what you did. And out of the honesty of your spiritual heart, Lord, I am sorry. I'm sorry. Give me strength not to do that again. And so we go down in the likeness of his death. We are raised in the likeness of his resurrection. And how did Jesus rise from the grave? Victorious over the devil. Hell. The grave and death. Listen to me. Any man, any woman who 100% dies to the past life can claim by faith the power to live a life victorious over death, hell, the grave, of the devil. Because if Jesus lived that life, the promise is through faith in him, we can live that life. The problem is no one believes that. And so Jesus said in John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Now here's how Christ describes sin. Of sin, because they believe not on me. The foundation of sin is a refusal to believe in Jesus Christ, all that he is, all he has done, and all he desires to do in our lives. And Jesus says the Holy Ghost will convict us of sin, of our deep unbelief in the saving merits of Christ and the sustaining power of our Savior. There is no weakness you have, or I have that the power of Christ in cooperation with our willingness cannot overcome. As I said last night or the night before, to say that's the way I am, I can't overcome, is to insult the omnipotent power of God given to us through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Ghost. And so Christ calls some of us tonight. We've already made decisions. Some of you will make them tonight. I want you, out of love for me, to cross that water I want you to get baptized as I did I am your example remember the sermon just like Jesus how should we love how should we obey how should we over remember that sermon how should we be humble how should we be baptized just like Jesus I think God will save us this is my beloved son In whom i am well please now when a person has died to the past life that person switches zip codes let me explain the sinner tends to live in the basement christ wants us to live in the penthouse the person who has given the life to christ must move from the basement to the penthouse let me explain when God made Adam, he was, give me one word to describe Adam, he was, perfect, give me another word, sinless, don't be, don't be afraid, he was, and he was, speak with confidence even when you're wrong. No, I'm, very, I'm quite serious, even when you're wrong, speak with confidence. Many people are dead wrong, but other people believe them, because they say a wrong thing to such confidence. It sounds right. I am your friend, if you're wrong, I'll correct you. When God made Adam, he was? And? And you're right. Now, then how did Eve, uh, Satan cause Eve to sin? To what did the devil appeal? Now, I'll tell you. When God made Adam and Eve, he gave them some things that they needed to control. And if they did not control them, there would be trouble. Those things were... The passions of the flesh. Some people call them the lower nature. Or the animal passions. Now the expression animal passions does not mean they are wrong. There was nothing wrong with what God made. Two animal passions, appetite, sexual urges. Two of the biggest. They reside in the body. Now. Your appetite and your sexual urges don't have the capacity to make decisions. Are you following me? They have no capacity to make decisions. They just exist. And they need to be controlled. Now, how are they controlled? If they are the lower passions, what do you think controls them? The higher powers. Yes. Now listen to me carefully. The higher powers. Now, it's precisely because our higher powers are so weak that the lower passions, they just grow. They just grow and they overpower. And so some people just can't stop. Stop. Because the higher powers have become weakened because they're not cultivated, they're not fed they're not cared for how are the higher powers strengthened by what we put into them if every day you watch r-rated movies and violence and sex and crime that's all that's going into your mind let me tell you what you already know once it gets in finish it for me you cannot get it out And whether you believe it or not, or admit it or not, everything in the mind affects the behavior. And very often it affects your behavior at levels of which you and I are not conscious. I've heard people say, oh, watching a sex movie doesn't bother me, I'm an adult. Oh, really? You tell that to advertisers who spend millions of dollars for 30 seconds of advertising, they know if they can get you to look. The higher powers... The conscience, the will, the reason, those that are the higher powers, they were ordained by God to control the lower passions. The lower passions are perfectly legitimate. But they must be controlled. They have no decision-making power. They just act. Now, when the devil told Eve to eat the fruit, what was he appealing to? Appetite. Where is that? The lower passion. Now, Eve... Couldn't speak your appetite. Eve had to make a decision where? The higher powers. The reason, the intellect, the will. And let them control the appetite. If the higher powers are under God's control. She fell by allowing the lower passions... To exercise themselves and sin came into the world i say again a person who has given up a life of sin moves from the basement to the penthouse that person now lives his or her life by strengthening the noble powers as some people call it the higher powers the will the reason the conscience but for the conscience to remain strong and get stronger to control the passions the conscience must be nourished the will must be nourished the reason must be exposed to the divine radiation of god's will my brothers and sisters When you die to the old life, you have to switch. Move from the basement, move up to the attic, the penthouse. Your life must be led by divinely controlled higher powers. And if this book is not the source of nourishment, you ultimately will fall. you can read all the science fiction you want you can read all the psychology you want and behavioral modification you like the only power calculated to control the passions and to strengthen the higher powers is the word of God where do you live right now as you sit where you sit where do we live in the basement or in the penthouse of proper living and proper choices many people are living lives of tremendous regret and they have lived them for years regretting 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 because some decisions were made not from here but from down here and the regret follows them to the grave you're saved you're forgiven but the regret remains we must live by the higher powers it is the higher power That allows a young man to respect a woman. It is the higher power that allows someone to walk by and see a wallet. And pick it up and try to locate the owner. It is the higher power that allows me to sit in an exam room. With the answer sheet right next to me. And my eye never swerves. The higher powers. That's where someone who's dead to sin lives. And abandons life. In the basement now let me repeat the basement the lower passions have their role the sexual urges are proper that's why we have people that's why adam produced cain and and abel and all the rest of them god made food so he had to give us an appetite they are proper but in their proper place and under control that's what i'm saying so remember the higher powers the lower passions god created both but assigned them different functions so peter says in first peter chapter 2 verse 11 dearly beloved i beseech thee abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul all he is saying is this your spiritual life is severely affected if you yield to fleshly lusts because the purpose of fleshly lust now that we have the sinful nature is to destroy spirituality in the person and so Peter says, abstain from fleshly lusts which war. And the devil comes at us 90% of the time through the lower passions. A baptized person, baptized in the heart first, commits to God by his grace. As Abraham moved from Ur of the Chaldees to Canaan, as Israelites moved from Egypt. To Canaan land, I am moving from the basement to the penthouse. Amen. I am shifting the center of control of my life from passions to reason, the will, the intellect, led by the all-powerful Word of God. Amen. My brothers and sisters, we will save ourselves a lifetime of pain and shame and regret if we will learn to live here that's how jesus lived the higher powers don't you think jesus had sexual urges he was a man healthy fit perhaps the most fit physical specimen who ever walked this earth there were women all around jesus read luke 8 verse 2 and 3 but christ because he lived up here and not down there not one woman has left a record of christ ever behaving improperly not one not then not now nor ever and jesus says to every man every woman look this is how you live when you have died to sin and you've risen to walk in newness of life. You live from the higher powers. The powers enlightened by the word of God so that your, you, you, the choices you desire to make are choices informed by the reason, the intellect, and the will that have been exposed to God's word. Children need to learn that from an early age. Adults need to be reminded constantly. But the movies, ah, they warp and twist our minds because all we see in the movies are those things related to the lower passions. Because to make a profit on a movie, you must have sex or violence. Or no one wants to see it. What does that tell you about the sinful nature? (laughs) You make a movie, even Passion of the Christ, which I didn't see, I don't go to the movies, I don't recommend you do either. People went because of the violence That's what I heard. Couldn't believe how much this Jesus was beaten. I put Jesus in quotation marks. The last temptation of Christ, they went because Christ apparently had an affair with Mary Magdalene. So anything racy we go, even if Christ is in it, Christ in quotation marks. But you make a movie of someone confessing sin, coming to Christ. No one wants to see that. That's not exciting. The devil knows where to get us, my beloved brothers? Watch what you read. Watch what you watch. Watch what, or not watch, but yes, watch what you listen to. <laughs> It'll work for this sermon. Watch what you listen to. The Bible says, keep the avenues of the heart or the mind, for out of it, are the issues of life. Guard these. I was driving to to the meeting this evening and I looked up, looking around. There's a billboard for men's club. Something called... uh, The the first... (laughs) That's the first word, psst. And I said, you've got to sit in the car and look straight ahead of you at the dashboard if you're not driving. Brother Wart and I were coming from a visit, and this car pulled up. Music. The kind of music demons like. And because we have a certain walk with the Lord, we can understand how on earth anyone can listen to that kind of thing. Let me tell you something. God will change your tastes. He will change your taste buds for music, for reading, for everything, if you die to sin. Because you will rise to walk in newness of life and the newness affects how you eat, how you drink, how you dress, who your friends are, how you do everything, how you prepare your taxes. Everything in your life is affected by this newness of life. Don't pass it by. Jesus said, suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness and then john baptized him it was right for john to baptize him it was right for christ to be baptized on the day of pentecost when peter preached that tremendous sermon all the devout men all those who were gathered said to him in verse 37 the bible says now when they heard this they were pricked in their hearts and said unto peter and to the rest of the apostles men and brethren what shall we do what did peter say repent and be baptized when jesus gave the final gospel commission before returning to his father He said, go ye, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It was a command from Christ to us. Go, teach them, baptize them, teach them. Mark 16, 15 and and 16. Jesus told go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth, And is baptized, you finish it, shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. The words of Christ. He that believeth means surrenders to the truth, accepts it, not just hears it. You know, Christ was preaching a certain place in uh, Luke chapter 11. And when he was finished, the the verse says in Luke 11, I think, verse 27 and it came to pass, as he spake these words, a certain woman in the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed is the womb that bare thee, and the paps which thou hast sucked. In other words, may God bless the womb of your mother and the breasts where she fed you. Now Jesus was not impressed. Now here's a woman pronouncing a blessing on the mother of Christ. You know, we love our mothers. When, you know, you've heard people say, if they want to upset you, say something about his mother. They never say, say something about his father. Talk about his mother. <laughs> Talk about his mama, never his father. Mothers are important to us. And she said, may God bless the womb that bear you and the breast yourself." Jesus said in verse 28, yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Christ was saying, no, 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 don't go blessing my mother. Don't bless her. I want you to understand that the blessing is on those who not only hear, as you've all heard, but do it tonight some of you need to make a decision to be baptized and obey the truth some of you have already made that decision there'll be one baptism this weekend another at a date to be announced make the decision don't wait until you know everything because the devil will always tell you wait until this question is answered And knowledge has no end. You'll simply find yourself wanting every question answered before you get baptized. You know enough to make the decision. And I want you to make it. Because that is what Jesus wants. Do it for him. First. Because you must love Christ more than you love yourself. I need a bigger amen than that we must love god more than we love ourselves so we must be more willing to do what god wants than what we want if you want if your desire is not to do it and his desire is to do it you love him more do what he wants make the decision tonight now in the name of jesus christ i ask you there are people here who need to make a decision to be baptized it does not have to be this weekend it may be it does not have to be i want you to show god publicly as Jesus did it publicly, that you're making that decision. If you will say, Jesus, I'm deciding to be baptized, raise your right hand. Raise it, let me see it. If you haven't made it yet, raise it. God bless you. If you haven't made it yet, raise it. God bless you. If you have not yet made that decision, make it tonight. If you're making it tonight for the first time, stand up. Let me see you. Stand up. you're making it for the first time, stand up blessings upon you who else god bless you can't see the balcony if you're making it for the first time tonight you're just making a decision whether it be this sabbath or some other time make the decision stand up you have to like, god bless you i see you back there god bless you god bless you god bless you someone else make that decision just stand up forgive me for doing this but i have to see the balcony some people wait before they decide someone else Stand up and do what Jesus wants. Please him from your heart. Fulfill all righteousness. Just raise your hand. Stand up. Someone else, stand quickly. My time is running. We have to move to another service. I see your hand. Someone bring me some cards. There's some cards right here, Please. Come. Come, my good sister. Come. Yes, come, my good brother. Come, my brother. We're in the back. Come. Blessings on you. Come. Make sure each child of God gets a card. Someone else. I'm deciding tonight. I want to be baptized. Whether it's this Sabbath or some other time, I am deciding. Making the decision is critical. The actual date, we'll work on that. Make the decision. That's what I'm calling for. Make the decision god bless you my brother god bless you god bless you give him a card our time is running out for the camera someone else make the decision jesus god i am deciding to be baptized anyone else the rest of you should be praying lord soften hearts soften hearts Now don't come up to make me look good this is nothing to do with me at all It's to do with Christ and you. Someone else. Decide. Tonight. To be baptized. If you have left God. Come back. Come back. Make that decision. Also through baptism. If you've left him, drifted, broken the covenant. Come back. The best time to come back is tonight. You also make that decision. Just get up and come, give us your names, then I've got to pray for the sick. And Brother Claudio, if you can have those two things brought up for me. Anyone else? Say, Jesus, I'm deciding tonight to be baptized. Someone else. Just get up and come quickly. If you're a little afraid, let your friend bring you. But come. Do what is right and righteous according to Jesus. If you're nervous, come. Bring your nervousness to Christ. But don't put it off. Don't put it off. Anyone else? I'd like everyone to stand. Give you 60 seconds, then we have to move to the other part of the service. The call is make a decision to be baptized, either for the first time, or if you have drifted from Christ and left Him, you need to come back to Him. You can also make that decision to be baptized. That's who I'm calling 60 seconds. Then I pray, then I move into the second part of the service for the sick. 60 seconds. The call is make a decision to be baptized. Because that's what Jesus wants. You've thought about it. You've said to yourself, one of these days I need to get baptized. This is the day to make that decision. You didn't understand baptism before. You had a hazy idea. It's clearer now. Make that decision. Or you had no clue. You understand now. Make the decision. 45 seconds. you 15 15 seconds God bless you my good brother close reverently our loving father in heaven we thank you for the moving of your holy spirit and we know his work is not over we thank you for the example of christ in being baptized and insisting he be baptized we thank you for the father announcing his approval in a loud voice that all might hear now father bless those who've come and send your spirit to remain at the hearts of those who need to come work on their hearts lord because you love them And bring them to the point of life-saving, life-changing decision. Please hear this humble prayer. And be with us as we move into the second part of the service. I offer this prayer from my heart in Jesus' name and for his sake. And all God's people say, Amen and Amen. You may be seated.